0: and what is that noise and we are recording episode 1009 with dr (gasps) jessica rose and mr matthew crawford what the another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh,
0: it's these hard drives. I didn't know those were still on. I was like, what is a that A
1: thousand and
0: A thousand and nine. Oh, hello, please. It's
1: wonderful. Oh, hello, Hans
0: (laughs) Briggs. I always love how you can just use South Park. (laughs) South Park's almost like an inflation calculator. You know, when you look like an old commercial, like an old magazine, and it's like a new computer only for like $89. And you're like, what the fuck? And it's from like the eighties. South Park is kind of like an inflation calculator (laughs) of like how far the Overton windows are shifted of like, what is hate speech? Like, They could. They just had. They had the Film Actors Guild in the movie, you know, fag. But now, if you say that it's like a hate crime, and even if you just do like uh, the Matt Damon from Uh the movie, you can be like, "Oh, hello, Hans Bricks." You say that now, people (laughs) are like, "Jeez, (laughs) hello, Hans Bricks. Welcome to your show. Our China version." You you do that now, people get uneasy, and you're like, "And this is just, this is just (laughs) in my lifetime. I've seen." people that i used to watch south park south park with in middle school we'd stay up late and watch it when their parents were asleep are now the same people that i'll be like you know I'll, yeah i'll say hero orange breaks, or i'll be like hey, kenny don't be a faggot and they'll be like bro that's so <laughs> not progressive and i'll be like you
2: and i used to watch this like before we had driver's license like what happened to you like did did you never understand like the wrapping of actually making fun of the bigots within these jokes? It's it's right.
0: Abs- <laughs> they're like they're like. I just think what? what you're saying is hateful. I'm like, you and I bef- pre braces watch this, and you know I'm not a hateful. You know I'm just quoting it, a movie from our. If I quote there's, Forrest there's a Gump, crazy
2: argument should. that that welled up, that that you shouldn't have humor that includes these sort of you know wrapped elements where you know you might be making fun of the bigot but people may not understand that you're making fun of the bigot like, and therefore you know like some somebody's gonna misunderstand and be offended there's potentiality there like and, and that's what the argument became a few years ago right yeah
0: but it's like it's not that's what's got us to this point now
2: i know it, i know with- it's
0: but like the people who were wearing all black and hitting people with bike locks and breaking Starbucks windows to, quote, bash the fash are turning a blind eye to today, Saturday, December 3rd, 2022 at 222 p.m. Eastern Time. Elon Musk releasing the Twitter file showing direct collusion with the Biden administration, the Biden campaign and the Biden White House to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story. And then on October 31st, the DHS leaks from The Intercept about the suppression of not only COVID injuries and alternative treatments, but the withdrawal from Afghanistan, inflation and uh, border crossings. The definition of the marriage of corporation and state, the same people that would bash the fash when it was against Orange Man are now saying this is a nothing burger. What? Yeah, exactly. The same people that are saying punch a Nazi have a Ukraine flag in their Twitter to support the Azov battalion. (laughs) I just... We cannot, It will either exist in South Park or exist in the real world. It will exist somewhere. And if you're not allowed to make fun of it in South Park, it will <laughs> manifest in the... It's like, it's like trying to like make a bed with a sheet that's too small. If it doesn't pop off that corner, it's going to pop off that corner. So it can exist with Cartman and Kenny, or we can actually be sending a tenth of a trillion dollars to the remnants of the Third Reich, all the while shaking a fist at Kanye. So... Well, this podcast is three minutes in and it's off the so, rails, so.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, this this is, so I I dropped a coding theory argument into one of my articles recently. And it's from an article that I'd written last year. I've been trying to warn people about this. When you notice this like 50-50 truth-false on the meter, that's very unnatural. Yeah. That's so unnatural that you should assume that it is some sort of an intentional process right so I you, you, just, you talk to the average person and they're like 99 truthful right and and so like uh, um, it comes from a coding theory argument where you're trying to figure out how it is to to you know have high fidelity of information traveling from one point to another given that you could have interference you could lose zeros and ones i mean oh well, they could be shifted between zeros and ones and so mathematicians come up with these clever things like uh, what's called a parity digit like after every string of seven digits or eight digits or whatever, um, you add up the string. If, if it adds up to an even number, you put a zero. If it adds up to an odd number, you put a one so that the appended string always has a sum that is even if it is transferred with perfect fidelity. So if it comes in odd, you know, you know, it's not you know, that there's a problem, but if it comes in, even it could be that there were two mistakes. But if you have like 99% fidelity, you know, the, the conditional probability is the, wrongs
1: make a right. <laughs> the,
2: the conditional probability says, you know, it, it's it, like now you have like ninety nine point nine. you know, you, you have some extremely high fidelity ratio and you can go further than that. You can add more digits and, and it gets more and more complicated. But basically, the further you get from from 100% or 0%, if you're near 0%, you just assume almost everything is false and you just change all the zeros to ones and ones to zeros. And that puts you back up near hundred percent, right? But the, the real problem is that the closer you get to 50%, the more you have to append extra digits and do all these mathematical computations to cleanse the signal, to understand what's going on. So it's it is it is a really insidious form of information warfare that almost nobody will understand. So when you see this 50, 50% truth lies and somebody can say, I hate Nazis and I support Ukraine, you know, simultaneously, it's not even just cognitive dissonance. And I think that's, that's actually part of what we're seeing with uh, this whole effective altruism scandal. That's part of the larger FTX scandal is that we see that the elites have created a game in which, um, they have allowed they've they've taught their crowd to virtue signal, and then otherwise, like their the, the entire rest of their signal can be complete dirt, and just you know, Jessica.
1: <laughs> I know what it's called. We have to call this episode truth laundering. Truth one. That's way. what
0: that is. I was gonna. That uh, is what um, that is. I was debating calling it Nazi faggots, but then I thought I was like, these two are professionals. No, no, that's
1: not appropriate.
0: Well, no, I know. Then I thought I was like, these two are professionals, and maybe I shouldn't link them with that.
1: True, but not appropriate.
0: <laughs> although accurate, inappropriate. <laughs> I just well, I, well, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 thought J- one I thought Jessica was giving me like a heads like, yes, she is for that. Just doing the, and I know you're holding. What? <laughs> <laughs> um uh, but uh, sometimes yeah.
2: accurate but certainly funny yeah uh, it um, yeah yes. uh,
0: yeah appropriate but inappropriate uh, yeah uh yeah so deserving but inappropriate yeah no it's that is kind of i think about that more and more is like the fifty-one forty-nine and anything starts to you got to start looking at and going how many people are you know I, I almost don't mind ignorance because you can learn you don't know what you don't know You can always ignorance is often unless it's willful. Ignorance is often just like it is a mistake. You know, I I just moved into this apartment a month ago. I'm still figuring out shit. And I'm like, I didn't know that when I moved in here. I probably wouldn't have done it. It wasn't like, (laughs) you know, I'm going to fuck myself in the future by plugging this into an outlet that doesn't work. And it's like, well, no, now I know that that outlet doesn't work versus it does start to seem a little bit. Intention, even just even just let's let's not be biased and just attack the left. Like I thought the oddest thing was when people were and I'm all against groomers and pedophiles and that's what they are, but it was so weird kind of seeing the right champion like earlier this year, like DeSantis using the power of the state government to attack Disney. And they're like, that's what you get. And I'm like Disney has been there for like seven decades, and this has never happened before until they did something that DeSantis didn't like. I mean, I didn't like politically. And now we're like, yeah, bring down the fist of the government. And it's like, what? Wait, what, what do you mean? You're, you're giving tacit approval for the government to bring down the fist on your enemies. There, There is almost like a biblical lesson in this. And it's it's what you approve the federal government doing to the people you hate. You are giving approval for them to do to you in the future. And to everyone that turns a blind eye to the Biden administration and the Department of Homeland Security having back end portals to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Reddit. You're giving approval for Trump or DeSantis to do that in 2024 or 20 or whenever or whoever the fuck runs. You're giving approval. If you're okay with them censoring misinformation about inflation and border crossings, you're giving Trump approval to
2: ban all stories on Nazi rallies or Patriot front. And, and can I tell you, I think this is actually essentially an organized game. Literally, oh, no, 100%. literally, literally um, put together by video game makers. This is a conversation that Jessica mm-hmm. and I were having a couple of months ago. Um, there's a, like a game maker um, named John uh, Jason Asbury who worked on the ultimate games back in the day did you Mm -hmm. ever play any
0: of the ultimate games were you old enough for that tommy i recognize the name
2: yeah when i was growing up they were just like groundbreaking you know um if you like big world games you know um the the kinds of people who wound up getting lost in wow were probably you know uh, some of those probably appreciated ultimate but it was also it was a more intellectual game than most um but as the ultimate games as the series progressed there was an element introduced into the games where you were constantly um given moral dilemmas moral and ethical dilemmas and you had to sometimes it was just answering a question you know it's like trolley car problems Mm -hmm. you know which do you choose you know do you choose you know smash the pedophiles or do you choose you know low government power or whatever you know like Eh, eh. and and and, yeah as the game progressed like you weren't even allowed to progress as your character if you started violating your own moral principles in oh. at least one of these games that I played when I was like 13 years old. Right. Which it, it was a very neat element of the game in some ways. But now I look at this guy at, well, and, and we know the video game industry is, is, you know, connected with, you know, DOD and DARPA projects. Right. Um, yeah. So what is actually going on here? Is this actually, you know, these, you know, clever uh, game makers, Coming up with moral dilemmas that they will use to generate the next piece of the script.
0: Okay. It's did okay, hold on. Alkaline hydrolysis. All right. Um now I was gonna say that's me and my uh my like best friend in high school, uh, JP, we used to play the Star Wars game where you had like a meter. And I'm and I'm remembering it as like hyper complex and advanced, but like all memories of early video games. I'm sure if I went back, I'd be like, "This is a piece of shit." But like, we would play it, and you could become like a good guy or a bad. And I don't know anything about Star Wars, and I still don't, and I never did. But we would play and just try to make the guy evil, just anything you could do, whether it was just like <laughs> throwing a grenade at like a woman and her baby, or like not helping an ally, or like outwardly <laughs> like uh, out. Outwardly betraying your own people, like calling in an artillery strike on your own men just to kill one other guy, and you could become like this. <laughs> just this your character would just be like this black, red, evil person. But there are benefits, and it was like you could do shit that other people were kind of like hesitant to do. Like, well, we can't do that. There's civilians there. Versus we just be like nuke the planet, like whatever. And and then there's kind there was kind of a dark lesson in there. That character always succeeded wildly. The one that didn't care and just killed everyone. So that was kind of a black blackpilling moment. But the point is, is like <laughs> you then have to wonder, could it go even deeper? Because I, I was thinking about um, uh, the Eisenhower, what Eisenhower said to JFK. He said that only the hard problems get to you. Anything that's easy that somebody can pad their own resume with and be like, I was in charge of the Marshall Plan or whatever's going on in the 50s and 60s. They're going to do it so that they can climb the ladder of of government or intelligence or military. He was like, only the very difficult problems will get to you. Like, do I send in the 101st Airborne to escort, like, the first black girl to a white school? Like, no one likes that. Do I, you know, scale up the war in Korea? Nobody likes that. So the bullshit things get to you where there is no winning. If it's an easy decision, they'll take it. And they'll be like, you know, I did sign the bill that said that we should stop lighting orphanages on fire. And it's like, congratulations. And it's like, what about the more kind of... uh, Complex thing, whereas uh, we should shut down groomers and pedophiles, but then there is a the violation of the First Amendment. Oh, fuck. There, there's kind of no winning. What I'm getting at is, could this almost be a a lack of leadership that is taking those tough questions that only get to the top? And now they're just throwing it back on the people as a diffusion of responsibility to say, do you support Nazis or do you support the Azov Battalion? And it's like, well, they're one and the same. And it's like, so you're for a Russian invasion that allows them to not have the yeah. difficult problem of, hey, they are Nazis, but we're also Russia's kind of our enemy. And it's like, do we help defend them? Only that question gets to Biden, not the easy ones. Right. So you almost have to wonder, is it just being thrown back on us? Like, do whatever the fuck you want. I don't know. Jessica, you I like something? that you, sorry, Matthew.
2: I just, I like that you call it a lack of leadership because I think that most of those problems happen before you have that choice. Like, right. Like the, the trolley car problem didn't even need to exist no. at some point. If you actually showed the leadership to solve yeah. things early enough.
0: Well, no, it eventually will. Again, it's it either can exist on South park or it can exist in the real world. It's like, no, it didn't have to happen. None of this had to happen. But now it's here and now you have to deal with it. But Jessica, you had, what did you want to say? About to do a Soil, complete and green. Soil and green. So we're going to be.
1: Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. Me. You can hear me, right? My window isn't glowing green. Anyway. So have you heard of alkaline hydrolysis?
2: I've heard of those two words. Is this where they uh, squeeze water out of the air? Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, but it's it's where they turn humans into sludge, and it's it's on a <laughs> it's a real thing. I I just looked this up and I confirmed it. And their either? website is <laughs> it starts out with all things cremation, so it's the <laughs> process. Yeah, converting the human body, uh, once it's corpsey, uh, into sludge. Uh, and using it, uh, well, they're claiming the use will be for fertilizer, but I'm wondering if it's not going to be for something else. That reminds me of Soylent Green, and I still haven't watched that movie, but um, just are thought they, I'd throw that in.
0: Are they? Are the executives wearing? <laughs> are the are the executives wearing Hugo Boss uniforms? The, everything can be re- <laughs> everything can be recycled. Even undesirables can help grow fertilizer for the chosen people that's not an even, approval even that
1: uh,
0: even undesirables can help grow <laughs> apples for your children yeah not to just
1: further
0: in- and <laughs> um oh germans you and your nazis but i don't know do you think we're gonna see a shift in that because wasn't that didn't DARPA like show a machine a couple of years ago and it was called Eater. And it was like how a how a like an autonomous like cleansing machine, almost like a Roomba for like cities. They could just go clean up dirt and shit. But they're like, it can actually fuel itself off organic mass. And it was like, that's we're getting awfully close to just like, why don't we just eat the homeless people to power the machine that cleans our city? And it's like, well, we are. I think
1: we're probably already.
0: I think yeah. we are rapidly. I think, are they just moving the window to more and more social acceptance of
2: just the they most? Are, for the, all, all we know, it's already going on in California, and they just chased out all the people right. here. All four million and of those people got, got pushed out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, again,
2: and South-
1: then Hoover's coming next?
0: And then you have. You have places like China that, like, they don't—they kind of don't even like dress it up. They're like, "We're having the Olympics, just round up all the homeless, get rid of them." They're more open, and they do the shit that you know. I think we probably think about, but they just do it. You got to wonder if that's coming, and not as blatant as a machine just picking up homeless people and eating them. But they'll find a way. They'll find a way to do that. It'll—it'll be yeah, it'll be the recycling of you. human beings
1: and the thing is like the the normalization of it is probably being implanted now um i mean it's amazing to me how people don't really care about homeless people where it's we're all the same bloody thing it's just that maybe one person had you know had some bad luck and you didn't it's like that's the only difference here um when I was last time I was in Vancouver I was amazed like Vancouver has a huge homeless population Uh, and you 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 would never ever like uh, not to be like stereotyping but you would never be able to discern between a regular homeless person at least the ones that I saw and anyone else it was like you know just people who like lost their job because they were living paycheck to paycheck and they they took you know what they could carry and now they're sleeping on the sidewalk Mm. and the 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 people on their way to work you knew would literally just walk over them like make effort to step over the legs of the people sitting in the street and it's like how how can you how can you just get used to walking over your your kin i i I just i i find it insane so it's probably already in here in a lot of people you know like the desensitization to each other
0: i think it is it's it's and whether or not it's all intentional or grand planned or whether it's just a phenomena i mean it already kind of is you know you see a commercial at one in the morning and it's for 10 cents a day you can feed the child with like a cleft you know palate and you're like oh that's sad and then just go to the next channel, right? And, I, and I'm certain I can't cast a stone. I've done nothing good. But, I mean, you look at, like, we're all... I mean, you can see the inherent, and, and now I'm sounding like the thing I hate, but, like, you can see the inherent, like, racist... It's almost funny. Like, it's evil, and it's bad, and, like, you, loss of life is bad. That all being said, you have to look at things through the the lens of humor because that's how you can, like like a Trojan horse, deliver the most truth, a la South Park. We only give a shit about Ukraine... Because they're white, that's the only reason anyone gives a shit. No one cares about Syria or Yemen or Qatar or Afghanistan or I. One point five million civilians killed in the global war on terror. Yeah, but some shells hit like a a residential compound that look like the residential compound you're in. You know, you look at Ukraine. You look at a you know Kiev from one angle, and you're like, oh, that could be Boston. And now you care. And I know there's a bunch of psyops behind it. And obviously we have a street and I know it's not as b- black and white as that. I know. I know we have a a, a bunch of, you know, there's geopolitical chessboards and the encroachment of NATO. And it's, yeah, at it's, the very know,
2: least, the fact that they're white makes it easier to sell to certain segments Yeah,
0: a, a million percent. But we don't give a shit about anything else. If it's any other nation, it's, oh, stop the endless wars. But with them, so but there's really no good answer. It's either you're OK with it because they're white or it has nothing to do with that at all. Nothing to do with that at all. You're just being told this war is good. And so you're just not thinking at all. You're going we just got got out of a 20 year entanglement, but solve Ukraini Ukraine. And it's like, yeah, OK, but like if you're going to do it, you have to be OK with every intervention. And if you're not okay with the global po- or the U.S. world police, the America, you know, if you're but not, Tommy, you don't,
2: you don't understand. It's it's Putin. Oh, the other side.
0: Oh, well, I guess we'll wrap this up. It's that was it. There was the answer. Like, but you can I mean, see
2: you, it. So you don't support Putin, do you?
0: No, Tommy, we're putting you on the hot spot. Do you? <laughs> do you support Putin? No, I'm against the Nazis. So you're for. It's like, what are we even? <laughs> but he's. But the absurdity of that. How like boiled down the they're supporting the Nazis, the Azov battalion, and then the the conservatives who are against the war in Ukraine are offering a tacit approval of the former communists. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, there is no did, there's no reality.
2: That. Even worse than that, um, Nazism had all but died in Ukraine right it's not like there were like nazis walking around a decade ago the u.s went in there 2014 and, and and yeah the u.s went in there and taught leadership how to rile up nazi tendencies or identification with nazism right so like it's not even just that there were nazis and 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 commies like we had we had to go resurrect the nazis So that that clash would be there.
0: Yes. And (laughs) you know exactly what's coming in 20 years. You know, there was a time when bin Laden and his boys were on the front page of the newspaper and it said freedom fighters. And Reagan's like, these are men fighting for their homeland. And then it's 9-11. Right. How long? How long until the people we armed to we funded the Mujahideen? uh, What was it? Operation Cyclone to fight under new Brzezinski to fight the Soviet occupation in 1979 to we are now funding a new group of people who are, they're freedom fighters. How long until a bomb goes off that the San Francisco bridge is taken out by a terrorist attack and it's traced back to the Azov Battalion? Now they will rebrand it just like you switch from Mujahideen to Al-Qaeda and Taliban, it will shift. They will shift. And then all this very convenient footage will come out of all of the Nazis in the Azov Battalion. They won't call them Azov. they will just call them like neo-Nazis. You know what this sounds like? You know what
2: this sounds like? like? It's 100% coming. You you know what this sounds like? What you've done, you've applied soap opera reasoning, and I think rationally so. I don't. So, so that they anyone. they 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 brought in the the cousin. <laughs> they brought in the cousin and, and you know suddenly the cousin is made into a Nazi and 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 you know you, you never know from one episode to another who's gonna be the new bad guy or who's gonna be redeemed or whatever, right? You just you, you keep writing the script each week. Yeah. And and I I actually I do believe that is exactly what goes on, and that it's it's been that way for a long, long time, but Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh,
0: it's fantastic. It's fantastic. You have, I mean, he's like cast as a character. It, it's Volodymyr Zelensky, who I've never met. I don't know. Maybe he's a great guy. I don't fucking, yeah, what's happening in Ukraine terrible. I'm not, I'm not blind to that. I'm not cheering on Russia. I, I don't give a
2: shit. It's all. Well, he, Zelensky already has his Academy Award.
0: But that's what I mean is like it's, and I remember saying this back in like February. It just instantly reminded me of covid because as soon as it happened, they just there's this rolled out media effort and all these people who couldn't point out Ukraine a month earlier were now flags in the Twitter profile. This is the fight of our life. You had there's a video of people, a bunch of a bunch of like just beanie wearing like Starbucks goers who were a year ago dressed as Antifa. We're in the yeah. same area where the Occupy Wall Street uh, in the same area where the Occupy Wall Street protests were taking. There's a video of this, and they're just chanting as off," <clears throat> and it's like the the brainwashing is so complete and it's so effective yeah. that it, as as evil as it is, you almost just have to like slow clap. Like that, the the DARPA or the CIA, whoever the fuck is <laughs> controlling the strings. Like, you almost have to just be like, y'all are fucking two years ago. These people are going to jail for protesting the inauguration of Donald Trump, screaming, Bash the Fash. And they are now chanting just one arm extension away from Azov. It could very quickly be Hitler. And they don't eat, there's, there's not even the slightest bit of pause. You don't even see like a rational person going like I know this looks bad, but Russia's the greater enemy. You could almost be like, okay, I get it. It is all gray area. They don't even blink. They don't even blink. When when there's the when the DHS is shown to have back-end portals to the social media comp not not one corrupt official who passed a note that has a business interest that said, Hey, suppress the VARS data. When there is a streamlined thing, you don't accidentally code a back end portal and they're going, well, anything it takes to beat the Nazis. But that's that's fascism, and there's not even I would almost appreciate it more if they were like, yeah, I know it's fascism, but I'm actually just after the raw pursuit of power and I don't stand for anything. I would appreciate not a psychopath who is just like, yeah, no, no, nothing's real. This is all I'm just manipulating everything for my own gains. I'd be like, well, okay, there's the there's a devil I can work with. But it doesn't even blink. They don't even they yeah. don't pause for their eyes don't twitch. They go anything to stop Nazis and fascism, including the marriage of private corporations and state. I mean, it's almost designed to drive you insane.
2: The the skilled TV viewers, they're not sitting taking good notes, though.
0: That that's I mean, But that's a, that's an oxymoron. Know, there, there is no are. skilled TV viewer.
2: Well, I, I I like this terminology. This is what my friend uh, JJ Cooey uses. Uh, he calls them skilled TV watchers, and uh, you know it, <laughs> what they're skilled at is um, interpreting the coded language of what they're supposed to support, right? Which is how they got through school to begin with to become yeah. the educated class, right? Yeah. There's a, there's a portion of those people um, they they don't know who the Azov Battalion is. They don't know the, they don't know anything about the history of um, of i mean how many of them even knew that there were nazis in ukraine ever right um but or or i mean let's go let's go a level deeper you know you go back 10 years would you have pointed to ukraine and said that's a nation with a nazi problem you yeah. would have said that's a nation with a lot of farmers and uh and you know okay. like what what else after that i mean
0: I did not know. I'll admit, I, I didn't know there are Nazis there. I didn't know anything about it. I thought it was just a former Soviet bloc nation. I'm as ignorant as the next person. I'm not. I'm not. But it's like. You're watching it and there's just no. There is no thought. It is just. And then I have to wonder, am I stupid for even getting upset about this? Like there, there's like a level above it where it's like, don't get angry that your dog isn't understanding calculus why are you trying to teach it calculus? You dipshit. Part of me is almost like, why do I even give it time of day to think these, to get angry that these people don't have a coherent thought?
2: Yeah. Well, people aren't dogs. (laughs) You know, people aren't cattle. Uh,
0: No, no, I don't mean that. They try
2: try as best as they can to make us into it though. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's problem number one.
0: Yeah. Jessica, we've kind of boxed you out. Do you have a, I chime in
1: i i was just thinking about ftx and how how we can work that into this uh oh, no perfect this first part of our conversation um does it fit i mean i, I think i'm it, sure i, I it think it does perfectly
0: <laughs> i think it does perfectly the laundering i'm of, not the, the so laundering.
1: the laundering yes
0: yeah the laundering of money <laughs> the very thing they're supposed to be even supporting ukraine it's like A lot of the money's not even going there; it's going to FTX and going to the DNC and going to vote blue, no matter who. It just the coup is so total that you almost have to clap. But no one gives And then in real time, see, before this, there was at least a a temporal uh, compartmentalization. Trump is a Nazi. Hi, Kitty. What do you think about FTX? Did she did she lose everything? There's but there at least there is a temporal compartmentalization in that Trump is a Nazi bash the fash. And then two years later, they're chanting for the Nazis. Okay, there's at least a jump in time. But right now. There is a a simultaneity that is jaw dropping in that. Kanye is now Hitler. And I don't I, I don't I don't. Like, anything somewhere, somewhere, there's a
2: great cartoon of guys in, like, you know, white hoods point you know, white pointy hoods who are going, Hail Kanye!
0: <laughs> oh, 100%. There are Kanye got banned from Twitter yesterday for posting a picture of a swastika and said, Love everyone, and saying, <laughs> On Alex Jones, I think Hitler was pretty cool. And Alex t- tried to save him, he goes. They did have great uniforms. I think that's maybe what you meant. And he goes, no, I liked the Nazis and I liked Hitler. And Alex is like, well, my ancestors fought the Nazis and I don't agree with that at all. And I'm not sure if you know what you're talking about. He's like, I think they were pretty cool. And Alex hmm. is like, well, agree to disagree. You literally had Alex saying, are you talking about the Azov Battalion in Ukraine? And he goes, no, I'm talking about the not." So the- it was brought up. The softball pitch was sailing down the center. And it goes... There are the current Nazis or the past Nazis, and people are looking at it going, Kanye, bad Nazi. At the same time, they are cheering for aid to Ukraine. At the same time, not cheering that that aid to Ukraine is being stolen and misappropriated to FTX.
2: Is is Kanye just an actor in all of this? Is he just a well-paid actor in the in the global? It's space?
0: so absurd that I almost kind
2: of think he is. It, there's, I think, there's a very good chance that he is. Is, it, is he there uh, to show
0: the dangers of free speech?
2: I, it, it's hard to know. Um, I I think that a lot. It, it could all just be smokescreen, right? Like get people trying to unravel this cognitively. I mean, you know, but though there is this very real phenomenon, and I'm sure you know what I'm what I mean when I say what I'm about to say my generation, you didn't have people walking around going, you know, Darth Vader was a badass. He was so awesome. I mean, every now and then you would hear people go, you know, his intro was just phenomenal, you know, but but like they're 20 something year olds walking around the US, you know, like Darth Vader. Yeah. Like that. That's a little weird, right? We're we're celebrating the the evil empire. Um, so th- there is something strange that has gone on and, and it is difficult to know how to unravel that. On the other hand, um I I have grown to believe e- even though aspects of the pandemic are certainly real, right? People got sick, right and and there's there's a debate over whether or not that's uh that was a you know a zoonotic virus, a um gain of function virus, or uh, you know on JJ Cooey's more recent theory, these are infectious clones, which Robert Malone has talked about, right that these are you know, uh, very highly purified um, and then released and you know that's how you you get people more sick than they would be from a coronavirus at least partially um it, one way or another all of this the, the biggest prize in the world is the military banking complex who controls the world's banks the currency controls the world and the economists huh. call it the seigniorage tax but that kind of you know that, that doesn't you know filter with people but what, what is it called um the seigniorage tax when you create money um you are not actually changing the utility of the money supply. So when you have a greater proportion of it, the value that you added to yourself came from somewhere. Mm-hmm. right? So people at the furthest reaches of the empire, you know the the outer rims of the empire, people in Southeast Asia and South America and Africa, those people are getting taxed most heavily. The farther you are from, you know what I call the empire node of this Kentian effect. Um, and, and, you know, the economists have almost written, uh, Kentian, Kentian was one of the best economists in all of history and, you know, modern day economics has almost written him out. He doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, but, you know, he, he's, he's a guy who figured out, you know, um, how, how to best model, you know, or, or, or at least, you know, explain the, the tax in terms of what was going on. Um, ultimately that's the greatest prize in the world. That's the ability to siphon trillions of dollars of labor out of the global economy
0: mm-hmm.
2: over time
0: yeah
2: um and and the bank it, it it goes hand in hand with the military the military needs somebody to pay them and the bank needs someone to, to enforce, enforce that law other law. people remain on their their currency network yeah, right yeah. yeah so the this this unit right here that's that level of control is the world's largest prize Uh the dollar system is failing. So suddenly you have every need to create all these smoke screens while it is that you try to bridge the gap of control to to the the next era. And I believe that that's the story of FTX Uh and that that is also the story of the pandemic. It is also the story of all these wacky stories. The next thing I'm, I'm for the, I'm for the thing. You know, what's the phrase? i support the current thing
1: i support support the current current thing thing.
2: thank you i'm the current thing i support support the current thing thing. all of these
1: climate change
2: climate change Uh wokeness all of these things are seeded and and they're they're shoved you know first and foremost at the elite kids at the elite universities so that you know any friends of theirs who aren't on board are just like wait a minute i can't be disagreeing with my smartest friends right yeah you know and and, yeah. and that's a that's a, an extraordinarily effective tool that people don't understand that's how google built itself by the way
0: well you know uh, at their, the,
2: the their first image. well yeah after after hiring their first few dozen employees they literally went around to the elite universities and asked people who's the smartest person you know on campus so they hired people who had you know perfect score at the international math olympiad or world puzzle champion or you know they they looked for those people who had like that sort of you know aura uh, yeah exactly that sort of aura and that's the moment when people said oh google's the leader because there were a hundred different search engines oh. right there, there were a lot of people indexing data
0: man if i was google i would go to the smartest places and ask who's the dumbest person because that person's probably a genius because all the smartest ones drop the fuck out and start a corporation. That's how you'd really take over the world is go to the smartest. You don't want the dumbest person because then you'll actually just get retarded. Yeah, but you you, you can't hire those people. You can't put them on payroll. Yeah. Well, not officially. I guess that's probably what the CIA does. They go to Harvard and say, who's the dumbest person, you know? And that's probably (laughs) the next that's probably the next operator who's going to help take over the world. Like that guy's an idiot. He's not an idiot if it's at Harvard. But if everyone else thinks he's an idiot, he's probably smart enough to keep his head low. He doesn't go around saying, I've got an idea for something called Facebook. He shuts the fuck up, drops out, and cashes in. That's how I would take over the world. But it does seem like, I think you're correct. Instead of watching the U.S. dollar fail and either just letting the next thing take over or the old thing just start a war, it seems like why not create something instead of our boat sinking and everyone jumping to the other boat, why not create a brand new boat out of shiny new colors and new materials? and be like, well, why don't we just all go to that boat? Because it's brand new and it's crypto. It's the allure of crypto. And yeah, I think that's probably what it is. And then conveniently, I mean, right, that is, I mean, the, the banking military industrial complex is, it's almost like the First Amendment backed by the Second Amendment, right? You got to have the ability to speak and it's enforced by, you know, you can shoot anyone that tells you not to. Not officially, and I don't endorse that just for legal reasons. But like, (laughs) but that's kind of what it is, right? It's the bank. And then in case anybody decides to not play the game of monopoly money, the U.S. military comes in because you need some freedom. Yeah, that is the, that is the cockpit that controls Everything, from there, you direct the evolution of humanity. I don't know. And,
2: and and you get all these a lot of these smaller nations. They're um they're hooked on board. You know, if they have one leader who is willing to take like an IMF or World Bank loan, mm-hmm. it becomes uh, a merry-go-round. At that point, um, what happens is you know we we lend them money and then we short their currency.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, that you that can't pay it back. Them... Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll just... Give us give us your cobalt mines. And you know, you know, ironically enough, we need those cobalt mines to build the EVs for the batteries of the new drones that we're gonna use to bomb the fuck out of you in 10 years if you decide to not give us the cobalt mines. It's I don't know.
2: Matthew or Jessica, I need you to monologue because I gotta use the restroom. So take it over.
0: It's your podcast now.
2: Yeah, Jessica. So I I listened to it, but uh, you know, what did what did um what Whitney Webb told you? what new ideas revolved in your mind after your interview with her
1: um new ideas that's a good question um
2: did it change any of I'm your practices
1: of... no um not really a, a lot more detail was added uh you covered it all though in your article for me like um because I took so much time reading your article, I, I, I felt like I, I had a good uh, coverage and basis um, and level of detail. So it, it was a lot of um, uh, like agreement, I guess. And And I don't know, did it change anything? I'm not sure. I'm really still processing it all. Um, i look forward
2: to her research into this uh i think is is it william mccaskill um yeah i I know i know he goes by the name mccaskill and i didn't you know i i didn't realize until i heard her talking with marty bent that uh mccaskill isn't his like last name by birth and that it was actually hard to track down his birth records and i'm like oh this is gonna get real interesting because, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, already it looks like, you know, sort of like the, the world's biggest virtue signaling front. But if we can actually find out where this guy came from, and maybe, you know, who who was directing him, you know, is he part of some sort of, you know, uh, you know th- there is an upper power circle somewhere up the hierarchy, right? It goes up and up and up. There is something at the top. <laughs> and, uh, you know, to, to have a glimpse of who might be connected to that top or who might be at that top, uh, is an interesting thing. You never know when, when somebody walking around the street might be, you know, the son of, um, you know, one of the world's biggest bankers, you know, and and it might be shadow money and it might be off the grid in many ways. Um, you know, uh, when I talked to John Cullen a few weeks ago, when I interviewed him, um, I, I had gone to his YouTube, um, uh, thing. And even though I, I didn't, um, you know, fully buy his, uh, I, I mean, he, he has some interesting information and there's some interesting hypotheses that are open. But, you know, I I, I didn't buy his version of the release of like the, the Spanish flu. But when I, when I looked through his channel, what he is mostly focused on over the past couple of years is unraveling the Vegas shooting. And an interesting aspect of the Vegas shooting is that MBS, you know, the Saudi king was there on the day oh. of the shooting in plain clothing right he he usually goes there you know with his royal entourage it's it's obvious who he is right and and everybody you know just kind of you know stands back right <laughs> um but i i guess somebody convinced him or he, or he decided that it would be fun right <laughs> to to be you know to to walk around not having to carry that bomb you know And so the the question that that John Cullen brings up, and and I actually, I I thought of this before I I heard him explain it fully. I was like, oh my God, this was actually an attempted assassination on MBS. I I think that's the most likely explanation because it was one year to the day after the Vegas shooting that uh, um, uh, Khashoggi was chopped up. And if you think about it, that makes sense with an assassination attempt because Khashoggi's uncle was the billionaire arms dealer who worked with the DOD to get arms to Iran. And so, like, if anybody, you know, would be suspect for possibly being um, an element in the Saudi arena that could betray MBS, it would be him. So, you know, and and in fact, he may have been murdered to the minute, you know, or or to to the hour um, that the Vegas shootings occurred. So you know, how it's, did you it's, get to uh, this point? What's that? How did you get to here? <laughs> um, oh, God, where, where did I where did I branch that tangent from? Um,
1: you asked me a Whitney Webb conversation and if I'd uh, gleaned oh, yeah. anything uh, new. We were talking about any McCaskill. New-
2: yeah, we got on the topic of McCaskill. Do you, do you know the story, uh, Tommy? I do not. So, do do you, know, to... you know about effective altruism?
0: No.
1: Oh,
2: goodness. Oh, really? wow. Sounds um, very dystopian.
1: Here
2: we go. <laughs> okay. You, you should go to my Substack and go about five articles back. Actually, it's the one pinned to the top. Um, it, it, it's it's my article about um, a Grand Unified Theory of FTX. And I talk about the fact that you know it, it looks very much like the, the pandemic may have been a smokescreen for it, which explains like his fascination with pandemics leading up to it and all the money that he spent on research that that uh you know buried hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin helped fund the together trials and um but it helped fund a lot of pandemic stuff right and so sam and sam
0: bankman-fried
2: yeah yeah um and the effective fuck? altruism <laughs> is this is, it's this sort of like pseudo philosophical organization and there've been a few of these pop up around like silicon valley it's a cult. And- <laughs> yeah it's you know I, I feel like several cults have come out of especially the California Silicon Valley area, um, the futurists, and there's some cool ideas in there, but they are very cult-ish. Um, but effective altruism may have been more organized from the top, like as in from the elites. Um, Whitney Webb is researching you know, the William McCaskill character who was one of the co-founders and kind of head of it. And he's the one who he recruited Sam Bankman-Fried into being like an effective altruism you know, proponent while Sam Bankman-Fried was still an undergraduate at, M- at MIT, and you know, like McCaskill must have only been like 25 or 26 himself, and so maybe he was becoming Sam Bankman-Fried's handler. You know, and uh, <clears throat> but then when Sam Bankman-Fried leaves, and he may have even suggested Jane Street, um, and I, I, I still I, I know one of the um, the partners at Jane Street, but I, I, I've been hesitant to call him because. Um, it's been 20 years since I've spoken with him. Uh, I've, I've exchanged a couple of emails in that time, but um, yeah, so he, he suggested going to Jane Street and that's where he built up his resume for three years and then he left and he he moved back to California and began to work for like six weeks at effective altruism. And then suddenly he he left there and and created Alameda Research, which was the hedge fund. And he created both Alameda Research and he he, he founded FTX right but uh sam bankman freed brought in mccaskill to alameda research i mean this guy is a philosophy phd right like what business does he have Mm -hmm. at a top quant fund and i'll and i'll tell you this too like i i've made um you know more of my money trading cryptocurrency than anything it is far harder than other wall street games it is not easier it's harder um and it's harder because almost all of these currencies are like way overinflated in value. Mm-hmm. So they only have one direction that they're moving unless you have events or pump and dumps, you know, um, that's 99% of it anyway. So why does this guy join in Alameda research? Like that's very weird. And you know, and there was this question of how it was that, that Sam got his one good trade. He did have one excellent trade and I, uh, you know, Hearing the story of it, you know, I tipped my hat to him. Like it, it's a, it was a cool trade. You know, he he got somebody on the ground in Japan to help him arbitrage away the Japan premium for Bitcoin. Like when Bitcoin was trading for ten thousand in the U.S., it was trading for eleven thousand in Japan. So buy here, sell there. Buy here, sell there. Do it as many times as you can. Do you make twenty million dollars? Yes, yes, you do. Um, so you know that that established the credibility. And like Whitney Webb suggests that you know, effective altruism may uh, have been, may have really put together that trade in a sense because the guy in Japan uh, was apparently an effective altruist. And it's not like this is a wide organization, you know, it's like, it's kind of like seeing, you know, Scientologists pop up in the same place, you know.
1: Yeah, Yeah,
2: exactly. In fact, it's weirder than that. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead, Jessica.
1: an effective altruist is just someone who makes a lot of money and then like gives away, you know, in a in a facade type way to appear uh, altruistic. Um, so yeah, it, it is culty though because like you know Matthew just said that there there are sects everywhere and I think they're you know scratching each other's backs in order to enable this uh, generation of massive wealth. Um, so yeah it's uh and and the the ceo i think that's the title of alameda was his ex girlfriend who was also an effective altruist and uh so it, there's this like web of um of connected people it, it's it's hard to believe actually like who who her parents are and and i think his parents too and uh it's it's like a really really incestuous situation, and it's really really hard for me to believe that it wasn't just designed from the beginning to to be what it was and then fail. And I think it was that happened to make people lose um, uh, faith in in cryptocurrency to move in the CBDCs. Well, I think oh. in Bitcoin in
2: particular, Bitcoin's what they're fighting. Yeah. The rest, a lot of the rest of yeah. cryptocurrency might have actually been to create these, the illusion that there was other stuff in that, right. whereas Bitcoin, Bitcoin is really, it's it's almost the only value proposition that makes sense in the short term. I think there will be, you know, altcoin type stuff in the future, but it, you know, we'll, we'll get there when it makes sense. Um, but so Tommy, uh, do you know who their parents are? I do they, not. <laughs> so got these like 29 and 30 year old, you know, um, hedge funders that are doing this, but um, Sam Bankman-Fried, his parents are if you were to make a list, you know, if, if you if you were an expert in this sort of thing, if you were to make a list of the top five tax compliance specialists in the world, his parents are like two of those. You know, they're they're both Stanford law professors, you know, they they are involved in all kinds of policy in terms of like, you know, um, you know, tax loopholes and 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 you know, presumably they're on the side of like. You know making sure that people can't get away with you know design you know looping out of the system but um <clears throat> those would be the people who would know how <laughs> you know exactly. if you wanted to loop out of the system uh then uh, Carolyn Ellison's father oh he you know this is uh, an even bigger piece of the puzzle um her father is the head of the economics department at MIT and you know like like stepping back for a moment you know you no, think it gets MIT, better. You, you think of MIT as a tech school right? They have the number one economics department in the world. Not only that, like the MIT connections, um, like this this is really where people need to be focusing and figuring out, you know, what's going on. MIT, Harvard, over there in Cambridge, that's where a lot of the scariest technology that we should be paying attention to is developed. People say that the vaccines are the bioweapons and that may be true. I, You know, but there may be a next level to that story, which is gene, uh, gene editing drives. This is where CRISPR technology can be used on entire populations at once,
0: mm-hmm.
2: where you can, you know, alter the genetics to entire populations at once. They're they're doing things like if you've heard of uh, mosquitoes being released, genetically modified mosquitoes being released into a population in order to make all the mosquitoes infertile. Mm-hmm. That's this technology, mm-hmm. and this is what like you know when Epstein. Was caught funding MIT Media Labs through Bill Gates. This is the type of stuff that he was funding for Bill Gates yeah. to MIT Media Labs.
0: He also so, had like a farm out in New Mexico where he wanted to like have a whole baby farm to pass on his genes because he, yeah, maybe yeah. that was more of just an ego thing. I don't know, but
2: yeah. Well, no, the, the, I mean, we should be asking oh, yeah. the question Is there a small pool of people in the world who planned on pushing everybody out and repopulating with only? their children you know? probably uh it, it, in the case of epstein there's there's certainly every appearance of that and
0: so it's just royalty
2: 2.0 <clears throat> but worse right i mean like we've got to clear out the riffraff first and you yeah know, like, we, we don't have time to pick and choose among eight billion so you know let's just wipe a bunch of people out maybe they're just maybe like, they're and,
0: just breeding for <clears throat> psychopaths
2: <clears throat> what what we need Is um, is some sort of large scale movement for MIT to be dismantled for investigation, or at least the people around these technologies. And in fact, one of the you know, there are only a handful of people in the world specializing in this technology. One of them was initially um, nominated to Biden's cabinet. And uh, uh, Eric um, Lander Lander. Do I have that name right, Jessica? Ah uh, shoot, I think
1: gonna... so. Let me double check. <clears throat> I,
2: I I've got it in my article. Um, or Orlandis.
0: What if they're actually just selecting for psychopaths? What if that in their mind is the fastest way to facilitate human evolution?
2: Is just yeah. people that don't care. <clears throat> that's a possibility but i i and they they already do this at there's the leadership level.
0: there's already an unofficial organic selection for psychopaths and it's just where we are now right, right. what if they just what if they <clears throat> what if they examine that they just did like a you know some classified rand study and they were just like this is the thing that's working let's quintuple down on it and that's what they would do is just kind of like AI bootstrapping itself to designing the next AI, which designs the next AI. If the psychopaths selected for the psychopaths, they would do it in a psychopathic manner, which would just be kill everyone else and just create themselves.
2: And and this is a possibility. It, is absur- like, it sounds totally absurd, right? Because it, the moment you stop to think about the value of everyone else in the community and like, oh, well, who, who are the psychopaths going to tax with their senior system, right? Like who, who's going to be their, their chattel? Um, there, there are a lot of things about it that break down and, um, you know, these people may not necessarily view, you know, the entire community as an evolutionary unit, but we should, you know, we should view all the different personality types. The the reason that we have, you know, like let's imagine like a Dunbar size tribe, right? Like 150 people, there's a, there's probably a good reason why approximately 1% of them were psychopaths. It's so that they were almost never without a psychopath. And and that person may have been an advantage in times of war or mm-hmm. extremely difficult trolley problem moments.
0: Yeah, and I
2: mean. and then why do you have? It's a similar percentage of people who are um, schizotypal. You know why is that? Why why would you know something that at its worst becomes schizophrenia? You know when all those switches are flipped uh, flipped, but maybe you only have some of them flipped and you're able to you know parallel process, you know, or something or some advantage that in certain moments you're the person who sees differently than the entire rest of the tribe.
0: DARPA is kind of like the military industrial complex is like schizotypal group. They're like, look really far ahead. Like there's Lockheed and they're like, we're going to build a fighter plane. There's Lockheed skunk works where it's like, we're going to build a fighter plane with bleeding edge materials. And then there's DARPA where it's like, we're going to put artificial neurons in a pig to make them like rape their enemies. And they're like, good. (laughs) Give them money. They're looking really they're looking really far out in the future. <clears throat> they're not even talking about planes. They're like mosquitoes going in the assholes of kids on top of cows. That's the new hegemony. And you're like, all and right, we're going to have
2: an Internet only for them, only for those mosquitoes. They're they kind of are like and...
0: schizotypal group. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um it, But one way or another, you know, whatever this is where people begin to you know reach this level of arrogance where they're blind um to it all. Um, I think that we really are facing something like that, and, by the way, yeah.
0: sorry, by the way, um, can you hear it? Cause there's like traffic outside. Can you hear it on this microphone picking it up of the window? Oh, no, you're so good. Down. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, I think that might be what it is. Maybe they're just, cause if you really boil it down to be like, what are the very things that are pushing forward the most, it might just be psychopathic traits across the board it's a much easier way instead of saying let's find the best banker and the best economist and the best technologist and the best strategist they might just say no just choose the psychopath
2: and i think we talked about this maybe in our our last discussion yeah, um yeah. the fact that in in military intelligence they they use uh, lie detector tests to it appears yeah. it appears in every way that they use lie detector tests to identify psychopaths because those are people who don't show responses on the tests and, uh, you know, if you talk to somebody who's in signals intelligence, they'll tell you they have to take one of these tests every year, yeah. which is bonkers. It's weird, right? So
0: It's not a weed out program. They're like, mm-hmm. right. For the nine people that tell the truth, they're like, they can be trusted to do CIA operations. And for the one psychopath, they're like, put him in charge. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. And, and it's a feature, what, what- not a bug. What the people, the person that I talked with and found this out from, what they told me was, uh, she said, she asked the people running the test, you know, what, what does it mean to fail this test? And they're like, you know, if you, um, if you fail, um, you're removed from military intelligence. And I, and I looked at it and I was like, no, she's like, I didn't think so either.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're, that doesn't imply that they are not going somewhere else. <clears throat> right, Again, right. if you drop out of Harvard, it doesn't mean you're going to go become homeless. It might mean you're going to start Microsoft. <laughs> Like, if you get weeded out of military in- intelligence, yeah, that might there's... not necessarily be a bad thing. Yeah, there's no way nobody's using that as an asset. A hundred, All it takes is one psychopath to be like, hey, tell me everyone that failed. And then you just go get them and you're a of extraordinary gentlemen.
1: Ugh. Wow.
0: That's what you would do, though. How else would you do it? Yeah. They wouldn't care. You have to throw out everything. Everything that we apply to this, where we all kind of sigh and go, Jesus, that's not, they don't do that. They look at it and go, oh, great.
1: Wow, you're so right. That is a good strategy.
0: That's how you, if you, and again, it's hard for us to look at because we're like, but what about everyone? And what about feeding? They don't think like that. You and I are thinking about, we're we're thinking about it as these inefficient you know, relatively, not compassionate, we pat ourselves on the back, just in the sense that you see a homeless person, you go, fuck, you know, maybe I should donate to the homeless shelter. Just those little, when you look at like somebody going, we're going to use CRISPR on an entire population to weed out everyone else. The fact that we all go, Jesus, like that is the weed out. We are not, and that's not a special thing about us. The vast majority of people are like, that's probably, that's not good. But the thing about it only taking 0.1% of the psychopaths That's all you need. I mean, Curtis LeMay, Curtis LeMay, the the head of uh, Strategic Air Command and led all the bombing raids over Europe and Japan, say that um, no matter what one bomber always gets through, you can't stop 100% of bomb. You just Statistically, you can't. But it kind of didn't matter because you're dropping dumb bombs, 500 pound bombs. You can really only damage so much. But one will always get through. With the advent of the nuclear bomb, now that's all that mattered. You only needed one. You Anything else was actually kind of overkill. So, if you sent 100 bombers all carrying in an A bomb, it's honestly, you probably only need one. That's all that matters, though. It's not like, oh, 99% of us are not psychopaths. And it's like, yeah, but that 1% will find the other psychopaths, coalesce, and they will form an atomic bomb like power structure. So, then you have to wonder is that a bug? Or is this evolution? Are we the are we the apes who aren't standing up on our hind legs, who aren't using our thumbs, and we're going, I can't believe those hairless apes are doing agriculture. Yeah, you're looking at it from the loser standpoint. Are we the ones looking at these people? And it's kind of like that that meme where it's it's Michael Phelps swimming and he's staring at the finish line, and then you see the other guy and he has his head up and he's taking a breath and he's staring at Michael Phelps and it says, Winners focus on winning people in second place, focus on people in first place. Are we looking at the psychopaths and going, they're so bad. And the psychopaths are looking at what is the definition of evolutionary fitness? How do I propagate my own genes? Like I'm not, and I'm not for this clear. I don't think it's good, but in a cold universe of four dimensions of just matter bouncing around and obeying the four fundamental forces.
2: yeah, they, they might they not they don't... give a shit they're blind to their own flaws, right? Like the moment you start thinking about um, evolutionary fitness in, in individual terms, you know, you, you miss the forest and the trees. Yeah. You know, it may be that community fitness is, is, is actually how humanity evolved to be a more advanced species. Sure. Oh yeah. No, sure. You know, and could, and they, itself, they may be missing that, time. but you know, one way or another, no matter what they're missing. Um, I I, I'm oddly optimistic. Uh, people often think I'm a pessimist or like you know, a doomsayer or something like that, which is that uh, I think that the current state of the world is far darker than my peers who grew up in nice American suburbs. Um however, I think that um that we're at you know at the tail end of a dark age and that we will that that their power structure is going to go bankrupt. It's gonna fall apart, um, is what I believe. I'm not even sure we have to even do anything. You know, it's like, I think a lot of us are looking for ways to struggle to resist. And and, and it feels, you know, it almost feels like a moral obligation, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe our actions do affect how it, it comes out, right? Because, um, you know, when it all breaks down, who's going to rebuild it? You know, there, there, there's a, a very serious question there, whether or not resistance is futile.
0: Um, it's... <laughs> No, I think no. I really think you're hitting on something. Is you know, if you read any of the books about like rising China, Stealth War by Brigadier General Robert Spalding, uh, Wireless Wars by Jonathan Pelson is a book I'm reading right now, and then another book called Chip Wars. They all talk about the um the immediate interests of uh of the American free market, and it's always just quarterly growth. They don't look at the ten year plan, the twenty year plan, whereas China does. And you might say that that's we're being doomed. We're just pursuing profit. China's looking at long-term strategic plans. But nah. now what? Well, now what I'm, the arguments I'm reading are actually kind of interesting. And they're like, yeah, no, that will ultimately help us because the best things in America are the ones that fight the power structure, do things that aren't permitted. That would never fly in China. So you have to wonder. I mean, read a Blitz by Norman Oler. I've had him on here a couple of times. Talks about the drug use in the Third Reich. If you look at the Third Reich from like 1933 to like 19 like 41, that's a microcosm of them looking unstoppable. But then you just scale out a couple more years and it ends with like a bunch of suicides, betrayals, imprisonments in Russia, going to Argentina or come to the United States. It the whole thing did collapse. So what may look like a short-term success, they're taking over everything, the digital currency, COVID, CRISPR, that may work on the on the quick end, like a pile of paper goes up really fast versus like a fire made out of huge logs goes very slow. They might be winning right now, but I think it will eat itself. And then you have to step out even further and go, is that an accident? Is the entire unconscious collective of human selection using them like we use DARPA or something? And they are giving us quick strides. Maybe they push forward and flesh out the technology of CRISPR that we never would have done because we're not trying to control people. These psychopaths do it. Their whole thing collapses. But now we have the fleshed out technology of CRISPR and we're like, hey, this can be used for good.
2: I, I think the problem is their investment in these asymmetric technologies preclude investment in symmetric technologies that would help so many more people and push us for, further ahead. Right. It's it, you know, you've got to think of technology in the eye of the beholder right? That which creates more value than the inputs. That's not judged universally. It's in the eye of the beholder. So you have, I I think that we are ignoring investments in all of the technologies that could help all of us in lieu of investing in these others. But I want to go back to the China thing for just a moment, if I could, because I think that's actually part of the PSYOP. Um, Saying that we look at quarterly returns, they look at like 20-year outlooks, um, China, China, you know, we're, we're sold on them being the boogeyman. I think that you go back to, you know, Mao Zedong and how he took power. The U.S. State Department dropped a bunch of cash on him and not onto Chiang Kai-shek. And that there's a weird story there. Um, and then money from the Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, you know, w- once you learn all, like a lot of the details, um, you know, the Dalai Lama was Chinese, not Tibetan. Uh, his brother was working with the CIA and <sighs> Mao Zedong uh, hand selected his mentors, right? You know, like it, it, once you start looking back into the history of all this stuff, it looks a lot like, like the Bolshevik Revolution. Like the West had a hand, yeah. in, in how it was all you know. It helped created, make it the created. passports, yeah. And then you have you know um, several decades of just misery in China, right? And then uh, and then suddenly we, we're reinflating their economy. When you, when you look at reinflation of an economy, you know, think about like a, an S-curve in technology, S-curve adoption. <clears throat> well, when the West was S-curve adoptioning, all these things that we think of as standard technologies, you know, uh, like a million and one things, you know, vacuum cleaners, air filters, you know, like <clears throat> these are things that are still newish there in a lot of places, right? Their growth, the fact that they can look at 20 years of growth is partially because they're still reinflating what we think of as common technologies. And there is this gloss of computer screen technology that makes the East, uh, that, that allows us to project an image of the East having more technology than the West. But look at what happened with the semiconductor industry, you know? Um, Biden just waved a wand and everybody who knew how to do better than seven nanometer technology left China, right? It wasn't China mainland that was ever at the top of the heap in terms of the semiconductor industry. They were entirely dependent on the West and and even, even what goes on in Taiwan. You know, the guys who built up the semiconductor industry there, you know, where did they study and come up with their ideas was in the US. What the fuck? Right. So, the, it, you know, almost every bleeding edge technology is being developed in the United States. Right. It, wow. We are still way ahead of the world. You know, our, our universities um, are where you know, the vast majority of patents on new technology come out. You know, even even this this whole, you know, this this grand theater over who created SARS-CoV-2. Right. <clears throat> we had patents on so many of these things before the Wuhan Institute of, of Technology was even, you know, under construction or even an inkling of an idea. Yeah. And, and and some more of the patents came out right after that. But I mean, they weren't the ones who who were the masters of this technology. You know, this, you had one student of one of our several people who was doing this stuff and, and you read, you know, go through like the, the Sunshine Projects you know, collected history of these labs around the U S we've had gain of function going on in laboratories that we don't even know about, but they document this stuff and lab leaks that nobody's ever heard of. And, you know, (laughs) know, yeah, like the one in Boston, you know, or that wasn't a lab leak, but that was a gain of function research, putting together, you know, Wuhan strain with Omicron. Right. And people freaked out over that, but they missed the point. You know, the point is that this is not difficult work in the Western laboratories, and we don't even know where it's going on. They didn't even think as to whether or not they were doing illegal research. Right. And we don't know how often that's being done. It, it's it's really not. Um, it, it's, you know, and, and and it may even be off the track of what we're supposed to be paying attention to. You know, maybe that, that it, it really is too difficult to do true gain of function research that it's all just sort of mix and match. You find something that hurts and then you make an infectious clone of, of that purified thing. And uh, we may have been doing that for decades all around the world, you know. Uh, Operation Sea Spray was bacteria, uh-huh. right? But we had, you know, in the hearings where that was discussed, you know, you have uh, a lot of suggestions that, that you know, all kinds of testing has been going on going on since the 1950s.
0: Yeah, that's the end of San Francisco with those subs. They just spread it all over this. So <clears throat> to kind of tie that in with um, the idea of psychopaths, no, I think you're 100% correct. We don't make symmetrical technologies. It's all about how do you get a leg up on everyone else? But I think the Nazis are an interesting microcosm because you have this group of people that did, you know, with the Nordhausen labor, the concentration camp labor, IG Farben, the human human tests. They pushed it all so far forward and they eventually collapsed, ate themselves, killed themselves, fled, were imprisoned, were hung, whatever. But then we still reaped jet engine technology from them. We still reaped liquid rocket technology from them and and like gyroscopes and missiles like. So it may not be planned out, but a group of psychopaths can go and create these weapon systems that can then be taken over by the collective. So like, whereas they might be using CRISPR to, you know, wipe out populations. The, the, the real fundamental of it is, is they fleshed out this technology for bad purposes, but that's their it's like, it's almost their own free market of psychopaths. They're pursuing the things that can have the most power. Now, much like a sword or a knife, you can use it to kill your grandma or to butter bread. You can use an A-bomb, you can use fission to power a city of hospitals, or you can use it to vaporize, uh, you can vaporize a city. It all depends on how it's held, and it seems like the psychopaths have a sort of self-limiting phenomena where they eventually eat themselves, they don't stick together, and they burn out, but then that technology they created still exists, and that can be brought over to the, obviously I'm biased for America, the more free societies where now you and I can take a jet engine craft to go visit your family for Christmas instead of for bombing London, or we can send the Artemis rocket up to look at the moon instead of bombing London. Like, so they seem to pursue things in the way the the free market pursues things much more rapidly than any sort of centralized power structure can it seems like the psychopaths pursue things even faster. And then inevitably when they stab each other all in the back, because that those tendencies are what got them to be successful in the first place, all of the technology they push forward still exists. And then the 99% of non-psychopaths can take it over and use it for quote unquote. So
2: I guess this is what I was trying to get to in, in terms of asymmetric versus symmetric technology like it's something something like uh gene editing drives might only be viewed as technology to a handful of people in the world but to all of the rest of us it's anti technology because you know it it may be that that um like just like gain of function research and and JJ Cui and I did a video of this but there there are good mathematical statistical reasons why um some of the suggestions of genetic engineering like you know being able to find like optimal genetic codes um, beyond just a few you know nucleotide sequences at a time you know a few nucleotides at a time um, is is mathematically challenging because to get out to you know hundreds of nucleotides to go through all the different combinations would take all the power of the sun and the most efficient computer ever made. Um, and so you know it may be that that you know gene drive you know gene editing technology, It may have a tiny few advantages, but at the same time, it comes with this existential risk because you are changing genetic code. You're you're going into the germline, right? You're going into the germline, which means that you are, you know, making changes that um, may not be undone. Yeah. And, you know, sort of a general principle, it's kind of like, you know, (laughs) I, I don't I, actually I don't know what the parallel is. Maybe Jessica will have a, a, a good parallel for this. She she often does. But um, you know, go not don't go into the germline is like, you know, don't feed Mogwai after midnight. Yeah. But
0: so although there are flaws in that. And like you said, it take the power of the sun and a the most efficient computer. So it's not a necessarily efficient tactic to do this. But nonetheless, it seems to be a tactic that the unconscious evolution does and that we do have psychopaths. We have Nazi Germany. We have whatever, whoever put throughout centuries. I'm sure you could find examples of this. It does seem to be it's not efficient, but it's like an amoeba finding its way through, you know, goop doesn't have eyes but i mean it is using appendages and there are the i remember in cellular biology or molecular biology whatever the fuck it is you find out like how amoeba knows how to move and it's actually like a complex system of feedback loops and like microtubules in which everyone gets more nutrients more energy goes to that appendage it's still very crude but it's like a venture capitalist obviously a venture capitalist isn't going to have everything work but they're better than most in that they can get some to work this might be like a crude, dumb, blind, evolutionary accelerant that the the mass of humanity has been using over millions of years. And like we have our psychopath appendage. And every once in a while it leads to a world war. But sometimes it creates, I don't know, a fission bomb or a jet engine. And it does benefit us all. I think somebody just shot a gun. Well, maybe that's the CIA finally coming to kill me. But yeah, that's my.
1: Oh, no. I've witnessed here. <laughs> yeah. Or, I don't
0: know. But yeah, I'm not saying it's efficient, but it seems to be something that does happen, you know?
2: Yeah. And, and you know, maybe, maybe there's also an argument to be made that um, in order for humanity to move forward the best, it has to face these challenges. Yeah. You know, the people say, you know, what are we going to do when we an alien species? Well, if we are cattle to them, because we have not, you know, managed to defend ourselves against the possible weaponry that could be used against us, then we're, you know, we're a sitting duck species.
0: Yeah. I mean, look at like evolution. It's like, yeah, everything knows how to reproduce and it's beautiful and there's beautiful feathers and gills. They also have like toxins and like thick, like armor. Because the world's fucked up and everything tries to eat itself. So like, or eat each other. So it's like, you can't just be kumbaya. Like, we also need like hypersonic, you know, hydrogen warheads. Like,
2: you do need that in a universe. Yeah, and somehow the dinosaurs learned how to be hummingbirds.
0: Yeah, and they fucked up. They didn't develop an orbital weapons platform. No,
2: no, 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 no. They just became birds. They're still here.
0: Okay, but the dinosaur... That model, which in that like prehistoric world seemed like the best, the
2: way they're they're the Neanderthals now.
0: They weigh ten tons. They're covered in leather and armor and claws, and they can like pick up a tree and throw it and eat a whale. Yeah, but they got fucked up. It's a medium-term strategy. Exactly, it was a quick. They were just looking at the immediate profit margin, and they were great. But they never developed opposable thumbs, the agricultural revolution, written language, eventually silicon chips and orbit and orbital mechanics. They never had their Nazis because of the Nazis. We now have a space program, which who knows, maybe we'll use to get off this planet or to defend ourselves against asteroids. So who's more efficient? The happy humans who also have a a Nazi DARPA program or, you know, just monsters just running through the woods
2: or or maybe the reptilians that uh that some people are, are worried about are actually uh, that's the dinosaurs. they just uh, you know went underground or they can uh, then make themselves a human for all we know we're being ruled by the dinosaurs. Not sure about that one but'm I I, I'm, I I'm not it. certain either. I mean okay. I'm you know it's 50 fifty.
0: Jessica your input
1: I'm just thinking about this whole psychopath thing it, it um what a strategy. And I've been, I mean, I'm the person that's wondering if this isn't all being engineered by AIs in the first place, Um, because it just occurred to me today, like, we're basically, you know, it seems like we're living the script of the Matrix, um, written by, you know, the Wachowski brothers, who are now females or something. and. I mean it's impossible for us humans to think outside of the realm of our own abilities so it would also be impossible for us to so-called imagine even though our imaginations are amazing uh, eventualities like that that might actually be the reality so if an ai is is already you know in control and and engineering the the maybe the fusion of um machines and humans in in some way um what would be the most efficient way to do that i mean if if you coalesced the psychopaths among us um that would be really a fast track um because like you said that you you get rid of the empathy and you get rid of you know we, we have to care about collateral damage in the form of people dying and children and all that stuff so um yeah it just strikes me as um something that i have to think about more fair enough i don't
2: yeah I, I don't think that we're facing an AI. I, I do think that that there may be AI. I'm tools.
1: glad you don't think that. I'm really glad because I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm not Good. sure either. I'm not sure either. But I, I, I actually don't believe that generalized artificial intelligence is achievable. Um, and and part you know part of my, and it, 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 but at very best, I know that um, a lot of the people that I know in artificial intelligence, and this includes both peers, you know, around our age, and also. Um, you know, students that I've had, you know, I've had students uh, go to work at Google Brain, and, and I I collectively hear, you know, some of them describe things very plainly and very ordinary. Some of them are like the futurist cultists, you know, they're they're constantly like telling stories that I just know are lies because I hear enough of the other information coming from other individuals, you know, like uh, I I had a guy who used to work at Google, uh, he had been a friend of mine for a number of years, but maybe four years ago, he left Google and I was talking on the phone with him and he said, you know, we're, we're almost there in terms of, um, you know, uh, mapping the human utility function. And I'm like, I'm like, that's so absurd, right? Like, like the, the human utility function, like, like the best you can ever do is have a map and the map is not the terrain. Right. But like uh, the, the claimed is, It's it's one of those claims, like people who believe they've discovered the you know and understand consciousness and all this stuff, and I'm just like, oh God, you know, I've heard this story before, you know, like the moment you get on this woo level or make claims of of things that that we you know both of us in this conversation should fundamentally fundamentally know or you know mathematically incomprehensible, (laughs) you know, like don't feed me that line, like, but there's something about telling people that AI is coming. Right, there's something about. I think that's actually part of the Matrix story. Just like uh, gain of function, just like um, like JJ Cooey you know, started arguing, hey, you know, they they want us to be constantly in fear of this gain of function, so that we will let them fund themselves to the tune of tens of billions of dollars a year, doing all this research. Because if if we don't have you know the next steps, then whoever does can just defeat us or you know whatever whatever the fear. Level is, but I I think the AI the general AI is on a fear level. That doesn't mean though that like the the trolley car problems that I was talking about earlier, the game that gets played there, that could be fed into just machine learning. It doesn't require anything more than machine learning techniques that have existed right. for two decades plus a few additional optimizations along the way. Right, um, that's already good enough. You know, if you have you know a human uh, a competent human within a field like, let's say, you know, field of psychology, if that person is also trained in artificial intelligence, we're starting to have that kind of cross-disciplinary, you know, educational paths, right? We have those people. Um, Um, That person can be a dangerous weapon. Jesus.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So are we just looking at it in a microcosm? Can you, can you kind of can you elaborate what you said? Because I do believe it, but I don't think there's I don't think I have any facts, but I just like to believe it. That we are coming out of the dark ages or we are at the tail end of like a dark time.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, one way to and I, I came to this conclusion maybe about six years ago, I was really thinking about all this stuff, like, you know, the the psychopath question, you um, I just closed down my last uh, school and, and didn't know what I was going to do with myself, just did tons of reading and, and just thinking about like all the weird things going on in the world. Once you start like reading history and I've, I've got 20,000 pages of notes where I started like mapping things that I thought were interesting, right? Um, once you start, you know, putting like putting pieces together that that don't go along with narratives or putting parts of the story together that you weren't told, like how the, the I mean, and, and this is on Wikipedia. It's just that you're not told this in the, the history books or general conversation on TV that the State Department funded, you know, Mao. When you know, Mao and Chiang Kai-shek were kind of competing for control of China, and we knew that Chiang Kai-shek wouldn't take our money. So we acted like we were going to offer it to both of them, but we actually offered it and gave it to Mao first, which then made Chiang Kai-shek go, whoa, I don't even want to deal with you people. And and that reaction was already known, Right. And and they and the State Department said, Oh, Mao wasn't supposed to mention publicly that we'd already given him the money. We were going to try to negotiate with Shang Kai-Shek and put them on equal footing. You know, it, it, you start, and you start like reading about the personalities who were behind that deal. And you're like, no, that looks like yeah, the kind of person you think is like a high-level CIA deal maker, right? Um and, and, and I can't remember who he was. He was a senator he was an ambassador at the time the china but he was a, a senator who like when you look at each stage of his life he looks like a completely different human being like he's always playing a role and, and when when you start to to you know put those stories together and piece them together um there's every appearance that history has been you know, created as an illusion as the matrix right before our eyes. And, and you know, I, I don't know um, how far you want to take this, but I'm going to throw one out just as a question. And I've got a half-written article on this. I don't know if I'll ever publish it or get there, if it'll come to the top of my priority list. But how do you know that Hitler died at the bunker? You don't. Right. Most people would just be like, duh, right? Most people don't even know what the source of that information yeah. was. You know, the source of that information was a Nazi public broadcast, right? And then the Soviets come in, they get to the bunker first and there's a pile of ash Mm -hmm. and a couple of pieces of bone. So what do they do? They sweep it all up, put it in a bag and take it back to Moscow. So when the allies come in, there's nothing, there's nothing there that indicates that Hitler died there. All we have is the word of the Nazis and the word of, the Soviets that they have some amazing way to know whether or not these ashes and bones were his. You know, it wasn't even until like I don't know, like seventy years later, or you know, almost seventy years later, that they uh, conducted analysis on the bones. And the first analysis got buried, and a second one wound up being published. But the first analysis said the the bone that had the bullet hole, you know, and one of the bones happened to be a skull plate with a bullet hole in it. Oh. Wouldn't that be the one to survive, right? But the the first time anybody was allowed to perform analysis, they said, Oh, this is a female skull. <laughs> so, you know, like and, well, it could be Ava Braun's, right? Right. It could be Ava Braun, but the story was that it was um um oh wait a minute. Yeah, but it, it was a skull plate that they claimed was Hitler's. I, I can't I can't remember exactly the details. I'll have to go through my notes, but the the point is that we didn't have a particularly good reason to be to feel like this was confirmed knowledge right and in fact when you go back historically there is there are communications both by you know eisenhower and um uh truman both of them doubted the story on day one Hmm. and yet a week later they're both publicly Mm -hmm. going with it right so you know it, did Hitler die underneath the bunker? And then you get into the question, oh, well, maybe it, it is true that people photographed him in Argentina years, you know, a few years later with a bunch of the other Nazis. And it's not as if we don't know that Operation Paperclip got hundreds of those people to the West. It's not that big of a conspiracy. theory you think that a few of these people were swept away after all? You know, when when you dig into all that history, it certainly looks like the that the U.S., may very well have been responsible for raising Hitler up to begin with. you know we oh, yeah yeah, him. it was our corporations that were behind so much of of what he did. but you know, it was Harriman Bank that banked him and and other you know other Western banks. but you know so it's just that question alone is one that is interesting enough that I think a lot of people could feel comfortable asking, even though it's conspiracy theory type stuff. If you ask that question, it begins to help you, you know, understand, you know, could this have all been a matrix for decades, for a century, you know, from maybe even before the time the US Fed was established, maybe that was a sure, maybe that was a slam dunk even more than we know, even more than we, you know, Jekyll Jekyll Island story makes it sound like maybe it was going to happen. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. You know, the, the technologies of control are deeper than people think. Uh, theater control is deeper than people think. Um, mind control, I mean, you know, mind control technology is not something that's like, you know, new whizzy not gadgets fact, no. that maybe you implant in people's brains. We had people who were brainwashed soldiers, uh, you know, uh, a thousand years ago, you know, the Hashashim, the assassins, you know, they were brainwashed at puberty, you know, brought into caves, sexed up, you know, given drugs and wine and food and dined and wine and and, you know, prostitutes for a week. And then they were drugged again and brought out of the caves and they thought that they'd experienced heaven and, you know, it, at a seminal moment in life. And suddenly you had people who would do anything for the old man in the mountain, the leader of the group, um, perform assassinations, you know, do whatever. So, you know, mind mind slavery has been a thing for at least a thousand years, maybe longer. Um, the tech, you know, propaganda, You know, even the word propaganda itself, propaganda uh, propaganda fide, uh, the the Catholic um, group that began to go out and, you know, combat um, uh, the after the Reformation, you know, the, um, uh, oh Lord, uh, I'm losing a simple word here, the Protestants, um, you know, the propaganda fide would go into the Protestant communities and try to, you know, seed it with information that would either help them on a power struggle level or help convert people back, um, you know, different different things, right? But it, we, we should ask these questions. We should ask, are we in a matrix? Have we been through dark times? Has all, all our development technology been more asymmetric than symmetric, or at least more than we knew? And, uh, you know, once we get past this era, will the next era be the true golden age? You know that we, we look past these wizzy whiz, gadgets, and if all of a sudden all the technology we makes is actually making human life better, taking away our anxieties rather than, you know, um, pushing us to try to unravel it all to figure it out.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you know, I I'm an optimist. I think that's what we're heading toward.
0: Yeah, I mean it's not at all. I mean Operation Paperclip isn't at all a conspiracy. Neither is that Mangala did make it to Argentina and that Eichmann made it to Argentina and was kidnapped by the Mossad and brought back and executed. Yeah. It's a, it's a Reddit comment I saw like a year or two ago that I still think about. And it's once you come to, you know, what, as you start to realize that there is fake news, just wait until you start thinking about fake history or then it's the Norm Macdonald joke. You know, I was reading a history book and I found out that You know, the good guys have won every single time. Like, what a coincidence. (laughs) And you start going, you start going, oh, fuck. I mean, we see (laughs) false stories coming out and a couple months later we get a leak and find out what really happened. What about when it goes by for a decade or a century and then there is no leak? Like there is, and it's just written on paper and it's just even little things we don't think about. We're like, oh, you know, christopher columbus in like 1492 and it's like well it might have been the vikings a thousand years before that And you're like wait what like and we don't have any there's no hard drives there's no video that we can go back and re-examine it's just these like the most like the smallest fraction of a percent are just like screenshotted as like a stained glass window or a book who you know and that was limited to who who even knew how to write like and then whoever did know how to write yeah. are, they tell them the truth you know, like we, we look back, Definitely. I always think when we look back at like, you know, our people you know, the greatest generation and it's always like black and white photos and they always seem to always just be dressed to the nines. And you're always like, what a fucking wonderful group. And I'm always just like, I wonder if any of them are looking at it now and they're like, we are so lucky that we didn't have Instagram and like microphones on our pictures because like the shit we are saying at that table is like are probably people like, I wish the Nazis won. Like, But we just look at them like the greatest generation, the good old days. What happens when you amplify that by a hundredfold? And you look back and you're like, oh, the the simple people in the the plains of Poland a thousand years ago. If we went and visited them, we might be like, Jesus Christ in heaven. (laughs) Like these people are absolute barbarians. And like, so then once you realize how full of shit everyone is today, why would that not apply to the people who wrote history? We see the hubris and ego and narcissism today of people trying to write history. And then it comes out that they lied about this fact or that fact. And it's just for their own presidential campaign or whatever.
2: I do suspect today is more narcissistic than the past. And, and I could be wrong about that, but I think the tools, you know, I I think these asymmetric tools with which, um, you know, especially the academic cast has been given access, um, allows for different levels of lying, both to other people and to themselves. You know, I do think the brainwashing machine has gotten more sophisticated over time, Um, but you know, I I, I, I do think that there's definitely a point that yeah, you know, uh, you look at pictures and you don't know the stories that were going on behind those pictures, and and it's always been a muddy world. It, it, oh. You know, uh, there's no doubt about that, but I think that. Um, uh, something that will challenge our narcissism is blockchain and uh you know uh, first uh, and foremost with uh, Bitcoin but when you have immutable ledgers and information that is protected economically by such an asymmetric advantage by trapdoor functions that that are so much harder to unwind and and layers of security you know the, the more energy you put into the blockchain over time the longer it would take to unwind uh, we're going to have a lot of um, you know WikiLeaks Um, was taken down, you know, most of of the information on that website is not even there anymore. Um, But blockchain will be WikiLeaks in the future.
0: So there's almost sort of like a... There is almost like reason... It's even not so much reason to believe the future will be better so much as you can remove the pessimism. Because if you're like, everything we know is fake then that removes that overbearing reality where it's like the the just that feeling of like the world's getting darker we're going to a dark place and it's like you don't even necessarily need evidence that it's getting better if you can just say all that's bullshit like we don't know where it's going right it's like if i don't know what the weather is tomorrow or something or if I, if i if, if i've been lied to and you know the weather i've been looking at in my window for the last month has all just been like a hologram That doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be sunny tomorrow, but I might have reason to go, it's not going to be raining because that's all just been a lie for the last month. I don't know what it's going to be. And that at least is better than just being like, it's going to rain tomorrow too. Like just that just that shift in mindset of going, I don't know if it's going to be good, but I do know that the idea that it's evil has been a lie. And then that has a psychological effect of, of the spark of hope and then that starts to affect your actual your actual function and behavior in the world of working toward it's like what the soldiers on iwo jima said not iwo jima no it's like yeah there's i think it was the soldiers on iwo jima and they got the news that hitler was dead well now we don't know but and they're apparently it was like they're just passing along the lines and a lot of it they were just saying who gives a shit because they were in this they're in this trench and there's artillery flying when they got the word that the a-bomb was dropped and it's always one of the most profound things and i forget who said it but it was some just poor gi and his he goes for the first time in years i started planning for more than 24 hours out and that's always stuck with me because i wasn't like i'm going to go home and it he goes i just started looking past 24 hours which turned into i'm going to go home and get married and have 10 kids and you know just have a the white picket fence and you know then the golden age of america but he was like, I just found that, like, life wasn't fucked. I was going home. I didn't even give a shit what came next. I was going home. And that might be all you need is just the idea that it's not over yet. The idea that it's not all evil and darker and the technocratic utop- is taking over. You might just need to know that, like, oh, it's not all fucked. It might, it might be fucked. That is still on, like, the... That is like a that is a potential roll of the dice. But if you know that is for not, you know, I might go home and still get hit by a bus. But I do now know I'm not going to die in the mainland invasion of Japan. Like it doesn't mean that it's it's smooth sailing, but it does mean you have the opportunity for smooth sailing. And for most people, it it did turn turned into the golden age. That might be all we need is the understanding that a lot of what we know isn't true and that it is all a an illusion a facade a theater a story that might get you to stop going it's all fucked what do i care i'm just gonna get drunk and play video games you might go it's like there's a meme i've seen and it's like this it's like Part of me wants to be the one to kick off the civil war and, you know, take the power back. And another part of me doesn't want to upset my parents. And I kind of hope I find a woman and have a kid one day. And it's just like, it's like a, it's just like a 25 year old Doomer wearing like NVGs with an AR-15. He's like, I kind of want to go take the power back. I also kind of want kids. And it's like, if you could just say it, show like, it's maybe not all fucked that guy might go on and, you know, start a family and, you know, have a uh, grandkids and whatever fucking live a happy life as opposed yeah. to just
2: being so there's something is perform- a black pill or a white pills. Uh, you know, uh, it, 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 it might be that looking around and going, wow, you know, uh, half of humanity is, is sort of mind slaved. Well, then again, that might make you feel better about human nature
0: because, well, because not-
2: once that's removed, people might be a whole lot better to each other. And I, I or not,
0: or like not only that go, they are mind slaves. So just start emitting good mind waves. Tell them instead of support the war in Ukraine, be like support giving money to the homeless people and, uh you know, not hating each other and not being for censorship. The NPCs might just take that order and go marching with it. And then that's a good world. But now you kind of get into a hairy ground of who gets to make those calls. And but. I don't know, and then I guess it all comes down to like the deepest kind of you know weird functions of quantum physics and mechanics and consciousness and woo woo is like does our do our collective minds actually create reality and if that's <laughs> the case people in control would want you to think that you don't have any control and it might not even be that you need to go hey, all of history is a lie. It might be good. It might be contagious in that someone just goes, yeah, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to try to be positive anyway. And then the next person's positive. And that, and you can write it off as going, and that's how you'd shut it down. You go, oh, that's woo-woo hippie talk. Maybe that is like the most esoteric occult knowledge is that like whatever you think is going to happen actually happens. And then if you have multiple people, it comes to percentages. Well, if the vast majority of people think that it's all fucked, nothing good can happen. If it bleeds, it leads. It's just rape and war and genocide and fraud. Well, then indeed, that's the world that, that will come from it. Versus if people start to believe it could be better. And then even if that's not true, I would still rather believe that and enjoy my time here. I'd rather be going date. Even if dystopia is coming and the Matrix is coming and Klaus Schwab will rule over us all, <laughs> I would rather go into it still thinking I have a chance and have a smile on my face. Why wouldn't yeah, at, least, and while you at least finish, laugh?
1: Still thinking to get out.
0: Yeah, and then maybe you do. That's all it takes. It's just like the people who are delusional enough to think they can change the world are often the ones that do. Like the Steve Jobs quote, or as Tim Dillon says, when you're a comedian and you try to become funny and sell yourself as funny, you will start to become delusional and thinking that you're funnier than you are. That's necessary. Hold on to that because eventually (laughs) the delusion becomes real and then you are funny and you start making money. He goes, you lie to yourself until you no longer look at it as a lie. Then you've brainwashed yourself and that's what you need. You have to be crazy enough to think you can win. That's the only thing that drives you. Rationale doesn't get you 10 super knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Facts and logic don't get you to like those hyper successful people. Like, no, facts are you won't be worth $100 billion. It's the person that is insane enough to believe that they are and they can be are the ones who go on and like create like no logic would look at like Apple in a garage and be like, this is going to be worth $2 trillion. That doesn't come from a place of like rational projection that comes from a ton of ego and like a lot of drugs and coke. Like (laughs) that's kind of what you need. That's how you get to that point. Is just not facts and figures and going. Yeah, I don't think this is going to grow. It's someone just going like, no, it's going to be great. Everyone's going to have ten thousand songs on their phone in their pocket. You you almost have to be delusional, or not? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck, I'm talking. About. I don't
2: know. I'll 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 call it meditation instead of delusion. You know, um, uh, just like uh, athletes are taught. You know, positive visualization. Yeah. And, you know, you imagine, you know, when you s- stroke that putter from 18 feet from the hole, you know, you, you do it in your mind over and over again, and eventually you're doing it. I, th- I think that's, you know, it's, it's not that the the comedians are delusional, but they are, they're meditating, you know, the ones who are successful. I think everybody who's successful, whether or not they know it, they find like the key critical ways to meditate and, um, and make the mindset happen. So, you know, like what I want people to know is, uh, is, you know, if, if we're in a dark age, um remember that every one of your actions and how you prepare for building the next world you know when it all breaks down who's going to rebuild it you know uh you know maybe i'm delusional i don't think so i think it's just meditation on on you know what it is that that we need to do what we can do
0: yeah um uh you know i get we'll we'll wrap it up with I've been through this podcast, I've become friends with uh Dale Comstock, who was the youngest ever member of Delta Force, which is like the Olympic team when it comes to special force. They're the fucking best in the world. Um, He's the youngest ever was the youngest ever member of Delta Force when the average age was like 35. He got in when he was 23. I don't think he's ever smoked pot in his life. He's as all American G.I. Joe as you can get the most no bullshit. You know, he's almost 60 now. And as the quote goes, you know, beware of old men in a field where young men die or die, men die young. So he's the best of the best. No bullshit. And he is the single biggest advocate of meditation and positive visualization and like good vibes. You, if you just read a transcript of what he said, you would think it was some hippie, dippy, you know, white girl with dreads at a concert. But you look at it and it's Dale. Who's, who did personal security for George Bush and George H.W. Bush, like youngest ever member of Delta Force, and he'll be the first to tell you, like, oh you know, you got to visualize success, you got to visualize positivity and becoming better. And it's like, if you just read the transcript, you'd be like, The fuck is this? And then you see Dale saying it, and it's it's a disconnect. It's like seeing a six-nine black guy with like a high-pitched voice. You're like, This doesn't make sense. Like, but that's who Dale is, and the proof is in the pudding. That
1: reminds me of the the men who start goats. Yeah. The uh the the new the new earth what is it Matthew?
2: The new earth um, battalion.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You gotta elaborate I don't, I don't remember.
1: You no, know, what is it? there there what is it? There something is their strength. God, I watched this like enough. I should know by now. Um their hesitation. There's
2: something. I don't know. Um, yeah, uh maybe we should do an entire episode on that uh sometime because uh, I like the the newer like that entire story is is like a that's a great example of building the matrix. Like that entire book and movie um are actually about uh the US's deepest intelligence, you know, the, the guys who reorganized and recreated what US intelligence was. And it, the book and movie make it look totally goofy as if these guys were just doing like these wacky stuff, like believing that they were training themselves into psychic activity to, you know, be able to stare at a goat and make it die or, you know, to be able to walk through a wall. Um, and they even had like Yuri Geller, the spoon bender, mm-hmm. you know, they, they worked with him and stuff. But um, I think the reality was that that unit was learning how to construct the matrix on a deeper level with human psychology. And that, you know, which it's hilarious in a sense, you know, it's disturbing, but hilarious that they, they had this book and movie written about them to make them look like irrelevant boobs.
0: I've interviewed Dr. Dale Graff, the head of the CIA Stargate project, who was in charge of all that shit in the Cold War. Yeah, it's as real as it gets. Like, they were using it to find successfully, like... ICBMs. They used it with Delta Force to to locate a kidnapped UN. I, I,
2: I do not believe it. I do not. And I and and, and I maybe was, that's maybe I was that's was being a sign and I, I was being. Uh, oh, it absolutely is. Um, you know, I I was um so the 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 sort of quasi cult that I grew up in, um, that was uh, a DOD infiltrated group, and we were trained to do the things that they were doing at the New Earth Battalion. We were being told as children that we were New Earth Battalion. And but like I I I personally witnessed like you know test results being falsified and stuff yeah. like that like the the entire thing was was a total joke, but um I I you know and I, I'd love to talk with that person um what what's their name
0: Dr Dale Graff G R A F F yeah you can go to his, just Google it you can find us, he'll, he'll respond to emails his emails like right on his website.
1: Aww. Yeah,
2: I, I mean, I, everybody involved in that, you know, has to say that it was real, right? There, there's there's no choice, on, on you know, for it. Um, interestingly, um, the son of one of the uh, Stanford Research Institute doctors um, who is doing all that is is very involved in pandemic media. Oh, Jesus. In the, op- in the opposition media. And that's uh, James Heckman, who is the person who put together the San Juan Summit. That How? myself and Dr. Malone and Dr. Urso and Dr. Corey were all invited to. Um, he's the son of one of these guys from these these uh, psychological you know, warfare programs.
0: It always comes back to pandemics. You got to wonder, like 20 years ago, did everything come back to terrorism? Like, are they just so far ahead? Like, yes. is, the, is the CIA just so far ahead?
2: I mean, well, it's, it's not even just the CIA, just put them all together. It's all under the office of uh, the defense, um, the, the, OD, the DNI um, uh, defense, the
0: Naval, right now OD, the office of there's the defense intelligence agency. These, the central intelligence agency, there's the office of Naval intelligence director of
2: national intelligence, excuse D&I, me. Oh, yeah. uh, DNI, not CIA. Admiral CIA, um, uh, uh, Haynes. It's the Admiral Haynes. And her father, interestingly was a, uh, Uh, It is a biologist for Rockefeller university who studies cell death, (laughs) you know, like they're all like everywhere you go on these trees, like it, it, it's a little startling, but uh, the first earth battalion, and I've, I've got, I've got hundreds of pages of notes on this. And I, I I wish I had time to write it all up. Um, Jessica and I have actually shared some information. Um, If you've ever heard of uh, Captain Planet.
0: Captain Planet. He's so
2: hero gonna that, that appears to be um, like a cartoon.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> a I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah you'll that, get it.
2: Yeah. Of like, course it is. The idea um, came from the same guy who had the idea for remote viewing and all these other programs oh, in the late 1970s. Jim Channing um, came up with all these ideas. And, yeah, you know, uh, those were the projects that Albert Stubblebine took control of when he became um, when he was tasked the joint chiefs. with when he was tasked with reorganizing all of U S military intelligence. And of course he's one of the characters in the men who stare at goats, he's made to look like a boob. Right. But he's the guy reorganizing all of military intelligence. Um, But Jim Channing went to uh, Ted Turner and had Ted Turner make captain planet. Um, And like you watch these stories and you realize, Oh my God, this is where wokeness came from. Like, you know, just a lot of like the weird, you know, like bizarre, you know, effective altruism for kids. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it, it, like, it, it, just you know, watch some episodes, you'll you'll just your jaw will drop when you think about where we are. There's one about, you know, there, there's one that's uh, the population bomb that basically asks children to answer the question, do we need to cull people in order to keep the population from getting so large that it kills us all? I mean, like, it's it's it is insane stuff. But anyway, no, no, like, don't don't take anything about um, all that stuff at face value. You know, ask the question, um, you know, is, is this something other than what we're told and what was the real purpose of it? You know, um, but.
0: I mean, so if they are so far ahead. It kind of gets you to a point of just paralyzing
2: self-doubt because anything no. you see in any direction, you're like they're in the process way. of going bankrupt. Okay. Right. I mean, that's that's where we are, is that world GDP and inflation are meeting, right? Um, they do not understand uh, how to have sustainable growth uh, within their own, uh, w- within the goal of producing asymmetric tech. It's symmetric tech that produces GDP most efficiently, right? Asymmetric tech, you don't even have to have profit. It's just somebody trying to get control levers. Yeah. That's their profit, right? So, I mean, yeah, it, it it's one of those things where it may all be corrupt and we may not have to worry about it also, right? But at the very least, we should learn how to look around the corner and examine whether or not the facade is real. God.
0: So is, is Jessica my CIA handler? That's the point I'm trying to get to. Is she my <laughs> intelligence handler? Maybe she's, a, maybe she's both of ours. I don't know. She comes on here and directs these conversations. The rest yes, of my I, podcasts I, are just filler. You come on here every like month and a half,
1: with my, with my vibes. That's all.
0: You come on here with your cat, and you just send, right. and you just let Matthew and I run on like idiots, and you just and
1: he is the commander of all things.
0: Honestly, I'd be I'd be happier with that if that cat was in charge <laughs> and not Dick Cheney. I'd, I'm because a... all the cat wants is just a place to snooze. That's the end goal of everything. Is it just wants more pillows to snooze on. That's
1: what everybody it wants.
0: That's the aluminum. A,
1: war,
2: a warm place to snooze.
0: A warm place to snooze. That's all the cat really wants. Yes. That's why we're going to Mars is just to increase the total acreage of areas that it can snooze.
2: I'm in, okay in, with it. In yes. return, they provide you with a machine that turns cat food into poop.
0: Yeah. Right. Because what else would we do with the cat food? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm going to believe now is I'm just believing the cats are in charge.
1: Okay, so that should be the title of this podcast. What else would we do with the cat food?
0: What else would we do with the cat food? Okay, that's what it would be. Yeah, I mean,
1: people will be like,
0: what? I would be happier if the cats run because that makes more sense than anything else we've talked about. It, it genuinely does. Nothing else makes more sense than like the cats being in charge. That's what modern society is, is just. That's what the pandemic was, so owners are always at home. They just want to be able to, like, you know, be around you. That's what it all was.
1: Yep. And more people, like, brought cats into their homes.
0: And it in. was a fucking coup against China, because China eats cats and dogs, and they were like, fuck China, we're gonna, we're gonna, gonna release it in Wuhan to make them look dogs. bad.
1: I think was, we just figured
0: it out. It was a kitty coup. <laughs> My God. We figured it out. Well, Thank you. The kitty-coo. It was a kitty-coo. It was a kitty-coo. Now we're all going to... De- you look closely at Lee Harvey Oswald, and you realize it's just three cats in a trench coat they took out JFK. It's, they've been fucking calling the strings from the beginning.
2: Well, Tommy, I'm going to have to go pretty soon, but sometimes oh, yeah. you wrap up, I, I, I just want to say, um, if if you want to, and, and Jessica, you'd, you'd be welcome to be invited if it's a topic that's up your alley. Um, Your friend, um, uh, the...
0: Dr. Dale Graf.
2: No, um the uh Delta Force.
0: Del Comstock.
2: Okay. Um, I, I love examining meditation because I believe that meditation is very misunderstood. A lot of the woo crap that gets you know pushed on the West, you know, meditari was a Latin word. Meditation existed in every culture, in every, you know, in every corner of the earth. Like we don't have to like reach out to to you know find it anywhere else. But I, I, I think that it's important for um <clears throat> to people for people to have that conversation and talk with people with, with various forms of success with it in their own fields, rather than to like buy a book that tells them, you know, to sit in one position and do X, Y, and Z or whatever. Um, So if you're interested sometime in coming on rounding the earth uh, with your buddy and, uh, and Jessica, you'd be well, you're interested. Maybe maybe Let's do a meditation round table sometime in the next like uh, four, six weeks. I'll make a note of it right now and
0: and send me an email so I don't forget. Yeah, I'll send you an email today. I will make an email. I'll text myself right now. But I think
2: I'm gonna have to drop out now because we are. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we, we're yeah, heading,
1: uh, shopping resources. for antiques. <laughs> a
2: good night, Jessica. And uh, thank you so much, Tommy. Guys, thank you Always so much funny. for coming
0: on. Yep, Matthew Crawford, Dr. Jessica Rose. It's it's all a kitty queue. It's it's we figured it out. That's <laughs> the end of it. No need to search any.